you've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen and celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. G'day, it's Matt O'Kine from ABC's brand new reimagining of Mother and Son. I've seen oh. you in person a few times, but we haven't actually like met officially. So hello. Hello. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for giving me the time again. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Mother and son. How cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's pretty daunting. It's nerve-wracking. It's uh, it's going to be a big show. I think a lot of people are going to watch it. I think a lot of people are going to have opinions. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's kind of something where it's a mountain I'm ready to conquer, to I walk up. I love what up. you say about the opinions thing because that is so true. Like whenever there's a reboot, it's like the opinions, good and sometimes not so good. Kind yeah, of I mean... Lining. It's funny because I don't really want to weigh into it because I think people, all the sides kind of argue with themselves and I just kind of want to stand back and watch it. And that's, you know, to be fair, this that's exactly why we wanted to do it, like, is to start the conversation and to have people say, well, why why would you do this? And then other people come in and say, well, so much has changed since the 80s. There's so many elements of Australian life that have changed that, you know, why wouldn't you do this? And I think it's funny because like when Heartbreak High started, you know, did a remake, everyone sort of thought, oh yeah, that makes sense because being a teenager is completely different now than it was in the late 80s, early 90s. Completely different. Can you imagine being a teenager now? I would, I would. Oh God, no. Stick a fork in my eye. To be honest. <laughs> no way. I couldn't handle it. I honestly don't know how I handled it as a teenager. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did I survive that place? This High school, are you kidding me? It's savage. It's It's, brutal. It's savage. And like even being out on a, I mean, I know you've got a kid and you're loved up and everything, but like I still mix with the the kids. Uh, But when you're out, it's just like I couldn't couldn't be this young again and be in this technology. Like I could not be with the technological age. You and I are really similar vintage, but I did like um, we had MSN and ICQ. Yeah, ICQ and MSN, absolutely. Yeah, yep, had them all. That was like the ex- <laughs> <laughs> that was like the extent of it, truly. Yeah. Like, oh, it really scares me. I mean, we would like yeah, we'd be calling people on you know like call waiting and do three wave calls, and that was it. <laughs> and that was like no, as true. exciting as as social as it got. You know, like now people are. It's just oh, it's a it's a scary world out there. So yeah, no, I couldn't do it. But I mean, the point is. <laughs> Being a teenager is completely different to the, than it was then. So why, being an aging Australian, why wouldn't that be completely different? And why wouldn't being a middle-aged, you know, 30-something Australian who's a bit struggling with his life and doesn't know where he's going, why wouldn't that be a different situation than it was, you know, 40 years ago? So, yeah, I really, I really wanted to just capture all of those differences and have a snapshot of Australia then and now. How on earth did this project come about then? Um, I was on tour with Denise Scott in Hong Kong um, and I had just really liked working with her. I really respected the way that she was as a person and as a performer. And I remember thinking, oh, I just wish that there was a show that we could be on together. And originally, actually, I thought it was, I thought it was going to, my idea was a, um, a, a panel show, like an, a panel opinion show called All Bases Covered, um, where it was like, white, black, male, female, young, old. And then it was just like all the sort of, you know, you throw up an opinion and just everyone chat chats about it. Like, but then um 
But then, I don't know, I remember we were getting out of a car in an interview and and I, just the idea of being in mother and son came to me. I think I must have just thought, like, if Denise was, if my mother was alive, she would be someone like Denise right now. And so then that idea popped into my head and then it was like, well, why can't we make that show? Like, why can't we, re- re- we remake it? And so fast forward six or seven years later and I'm sitting down with Wooden Horse, who were the producers of The Other Guy, alongside Aquarius. and um. And they were like, so what do you want to do right now? And I said, look, if there was anything, anything at all, if I'm just going to shoot my shot, I would say that I would love to, I've always wanted to make a remake of Mother and Son with me and Denise Scott. And their eyes lit up and they were just like, let's try and make it happen. And so from that day, they were just making calls and sending emails and and lo and behold, it was, you know, it's now a, a show about to hit TV screens. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting that things can actually happen when you work with people who make them happen. Um, And, you know, I think that everyone on this team has always just been like, I don't know, that's part of the sort of mantra that I'm in at the moment where it's just like, if you want something to happen, you just got to keep trying. And we just, and yeah, everyone just kept trying and we got it. It's so cool because it is. So there's a couple of things that I want to kind of touch on in what you've just said. Firstly, um, I'd love to talk about Denny Scott playing your mum because mm. she is an icon. Yeah, <laughs> icon, I know. Icon. Oh, know. my gosh. She's so funny. I just, I'd love her as a grandma or a mum, you know. Yeah, I know. I think that's what that's part of the reason. Selfishly, I think I was like, this is the only way that I'll be able to get Denise Scott as my mum ever in real life. And I probably just wanted that, you know, I probably want that in general. So um, she's just so funny. And her the but the energy that she brought to the to the to the show, to the set, to the production, everyone just fell in love with her and just wanted to you know, she, just be around her. She brought so much of herself to, you know, she gave so much of herself for the role. And I mean, we joked about it, but we were all like on set. Everyone was like, gold Logie, this has to happen. She needs to get the gold. That's going to be my next one. I wanted Mother and Son to happen. And now I want Denise Scott to win the gold Logie. She deserves it. Well, you know, Gary and Ruth won it like uh, sometime in the late 80s, early 90s or something. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't care if, you know, I'm not in it this time, but Denise, let's do it. Let's manifest it. Let's manifest that shit, babe. Like that is, (laughs) (laughs) that would be so iconic because she, I mean, just even her on Dancing with the Stars was like, she's my spirit animal. Like I think, and when she's on, have you been paying attention? Stop it. Like get, well, do you know, it was so funny because we were, we were like, um, it was we we were writing a couple of scenes where in which Denise, I mean, in which Maggie has to sort of dance. And at one point, someone was like in the production meetings and stuff, someone was like, Wait, do we know if Denise can dance? And then it was like, Oh no, no, she's been on Dancing with Stars. Let's just double check and make sure like she's she's okay at this. And then her first dance comes on and she is like pulling out incredible moves it was like all on point and we were all just in the office going oh my god can she dance <laughs> surprised she can do anything else like it's <laughs> she she's so good at it she should have had this as her first career i know this is her about? first thing yeah it's, no, seriously it's so good so yeah there was um i mean she blew us away in so many different facets 
She's the best, honestly. She is yeah. the best. I mean, you did lose your mum, which is which is very difficult. And you have spoken about that a lot, and you've written a book about it as well. So, how what did this mean to you to now play the son of a mum? Yeah, there was. It was funny because there was a few moments where I was like, so my mum, my mum died when I was twelve, and I have written about it. Well, I did first do a show about it um, called Being Black and Chicken and Chips. Um, which, well, it was called Being Black and Chicken and Shit on stage, actually. And then when I wrote a book about it, they're like, you can't say shit in your book title. Um, so I was like, okay, so now it's Being Black and Chicken and Chips. And, um, and it, you know, it is about a 12-year-old kid who's trying to sort of, you know, a half Ghanaian kid who's trying to fit in in his Queensland high school, new Queensland high school while his mum dies of cancer. And so, <clears throat> you know, it was heavy, heavily semi-biographical semi-autobiographical um and so yeah for so much of my life I haven't had a mum and I think that I mean part of the appeal for me of wanting to make mother and son was really just me going I wonder what my life would be like if I did if my mum was still alive you know because she was white and um I have don't I'm not familiar with what that relationship would actually be like as a grown person and it came up a few times where say for instance like you know i remember we we sat down with jeffrey one day to show him you know to talk about some of the scripts and everything and he said and he was always really helpful with things like this he'd always say you know just remember that these two really love each other um and you know the the true essence of this show is about a mother and son that love each other um so you know you've always got to find ways to make sure that you know that these characters actually love each other despite all the ups and downs and so then we got into the conversation of um, like physicality between each other, you know, and touching and hugging. And so the director and the DOP and me and, and uh, you know, Denise and stuff, having to have these conversations about like, well, would, would, would I hug you? Because I don't, I don't know what that relation, physical relationship is actually like as a grown up with a mum. So I was like, I don't know. My instinct would be to hug you, but does that, is that what it would be like? Would I put my arm around you? What would we do here? So it was really, it seems like a really simple thing that you should probably know, but when you haven't ever lived like that, you kind of, yeah, I had to sort of stop and go, wow, it's weird that I don't know how I would physically interact with my mom. Wow. So it was nice to have, you know, bounce ideas off Denise, et cetera, and be like, would I, would we do this? Would we? At this moment, should we do this? What was that? I don't think Denise actually likes hugging. So she so she was like, I'm not a hugger, but um, I don't know. Maybe Maggie is. <laughs> so we'd have those conversations as well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Maggie is, to be honest, with what I've seen. <laughs> no, there's some really sweet moments. And when they happen, they they they're meaningful. So it's not it's good. One thing that I like when watching, I look, I think I was a little bit too young for Mother and Son. It was on TV when I was younger, but it was, you know, I don't remember it being so, I guess dark is probably not the word I'm trying to look for, but it there seems to be some real dark undertones in, in this reboot. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, I think that that matches probably what, Audience's sensibilities now compared to back then as well. Um, the original series touched on some serious stuff, which was good, but it was certainly by and large uh, a full-blown out-and-out 
the sitcom. Um, and ours retains the sitcom style with a, you know, the fact that you can kind of watch any episode and it doesn't really necessarily matter what's happened before or after it. And that's part of the thing that we did want to retain from the original to ours. But we also do touch on some pretty serious topics and we get just a little bit deep as well. And there's there's not as much urgency to have that kind of laugh laugh every second kind of style because that's just not the style that I I get I like doing. I like having a little bit of light and shade. And I do that with all my stand-up shows. I did it with the other guy. I do it in my book. And I'm doing it in this show. And that's just that's just part of me and the differences in the styles between the 80s and today. But I still wanted it to be accessible to the seven and eight-year-old kids who uh, want to be watching it at home. Because also, we don't necessarily get to see that many full-blown family, approachable family comedies that can that can connect to kids and, you know, eight and 80-year-olds. And that's certainly something that I was trying to go for here. I do love that whole thing about connectedness. And I, I love the fact that there's a light and shade. I think that in this climate, in this current climate in the world, you do need that light and shade. I think like those sitcoms that are are really outdated when it's just all happy families or all laugh a minute. Like I think everybody kind of knows. Does that sound really dark and deep? No, no. Depressing. I mean, it's just the thing. It's it's just the time. Like it's just the, yeah. the era. They were, back in the nineties, there were so many. Like, yeah, it was all something about Raymond and. Um, Full House and oh, but don't. But Full House was amazing. No, but I mean that's and that's that was the style, and they were great. They're all great. No, I know. Same, same with the original Mother and Son. They're all great. It's mm. just things are just a little bit different now, and yeah. it's the difference between how you know there used to be a lot more sort of I don't know hair metal in the eighties, and now there's a lot more hip hop or you know electro dance. Totally. Just things change, and so um, doesn't mean that any style is better or worse. It's just that this is slightly different and. You know, we're wanting to be our own thing. Just looking back on a reflective lens, though, you're like, through a, looking back through a reflective lens, you're kind of like, <laughs> sometimes. At the, at what? At, like, where, at the 80s and 90s, you're like, oh, oh really yeah, no, but that? then the 80s and 90s are cool again. That's the thing. Like, have you seen? It's so funny. My partner was, um, we're at like this, uh, this hotel, and my partner has got this like old, Toyota Corolla that she bought when she was, you know, she moved out of home and she's just had it for years and it's been at her mum's house for the last like 10 years, I reckon. But whenever we visit her mum, she still drives it around. And to her, it's just her old car. But we ended up parking um, at the front of this like hotel that we were staying at and the receptionist would have been about maybe 19 or 20. And she was like, Oh my God, I love your car. It's so vintage. And Belle's like, Oh my God. I've actually, my just little car is actually just so old that now it's like a museum piece. Like kids think it's cool again. Like that's how it's shocking, you know? So, yeah. So, 80s, 90s, it's cool. That's all I'm saying. It's- oh my God. That makes me feel so old. I know. Trust me. It's like shocking. We both just looked at this old, Toyota Corolla, like, nah, this is not <laughs> the vintage piece you think it is. <laughs> it's actually a shit box. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, I know. Look, I can tell you what, it's a very reliable car. It's still going. Still a shit box. 30 no. years on. 
Yaris. Dude, I drive a Yaris. I ain't judging. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this show as well, like, um, you know, usually I love to talk about other things, but I'm so fascinated by this whole reboot of this show. Ruth Cracknell, you know, obviously we lost her in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um and and Gary McDonald, who you know, an icon of Australian television. What's the pressure like to kind of? I know that your characters are very different, but what are the pressures like to play people who have done it before you? Yeah, I mean the pressure is there, and it's like I came home the other day after God, what had I done? I've been just hanging out somewhere, anyways, just sort of casually coming home. Oh yeah, yeah nice life. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice evening in. I click uh, I look at Twitter. I'm like, oh, I wonder why Ruth Cracknell's trending. You know, she did pass away several years ago. So I was like, I wonder why Ruth Cracknell's trending. And then it's like I clicked on that and I'm like, oh, it's because people are extremely mad about the show that I'm making. That's good. Like so many people are just piling on, like, why I don't know why they're making this show, blah, 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 blah. And so it's like you somehow it, it never ceases to amaze me where those where the pressure can catch up with you. You know, mm-hmm. you think you're having a quiet night in, and suddenly people are like all angry that you've done something. Um, but it's not like me and Denise don't know that we've got big shoes to fill. It's like the first thing that we we did, and I mean, I think Denise is at the stage of her career where she's like, well, and we're both at the stage of our career. We, we're just we're just ourselves. We can only be as good as we are but we can give it everything we got. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to try and be better than Gary McDonald or funny than Gary McDonald. Gary McDonald's Gary McDonald and he was amazing. There's no doubt about it, but it doesn't mean I can't be the best version of me and that Denise can't be the best version of her. So we're just really trying to be ourselves and hope that that's enough. I did think that you were just going to say we're at that stages in our career and Denise is at that stage in our career where you just don't give a fuck, which is actually... I mean, uh, that's sort of one way of putting it too. I mean, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, honestly? Am I not going to do something just because it's people are going to be like, you know, comparing me to someone else? It's like, it's it's a tough thing to do, but I'll be annoyed with myself if I didn't do it. No. So I've just got to give it a go and and hope that people enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying it. They will enjoy it. I've enjoyed it. I've seen two episodes and loved it. So if that's any indication, it's funny. Well, I mean, like that, the 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 you know the presence of Ruth was always there with us. Like we'd always make jokes about it. So you know about the ghost of Ruth. I remember one of the, very early on when we were filming, we all got in a van to go back from set to the um to the unit base. And there was like, you know, makeup artists in the truck and me and Denise. And there was one empty seat in the truck, in the, in the van. But then suddenly the, um, the seatbelt light started dinging, ding, ding, as if there's someone sitting in the middle. And, um, and Denise immediately was like, oh, great. The ghost of Ruth Cracknell's here, making sure that we've, we're doing a good enough job. And so it's like, we all know, we, we all know that, um, you know, the pressure's on, but that's, that's what makes it exciting. That was so cool. What a great little thing to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had the, we had the ghost of, Gre- of Ruth with us the whole time. I oh, reckon. praise the, we love you, ghosts of Ruth. Yeah, exactly. We hope you did you proud, I'm- Ruth. She's probably up there just dancing away and loving it sick. Like, I'm sorry. Or she's probably going, I prefer the original. But um, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Each to their own room. It's, it's their own base. It's okay. It's all right. But I, I'm curious, though, have Ruth Cracknell's family or Gary McDonald, because I know he's kind of very largely out of the spotlight now, have either of them, their camps reached out to you or did you have 
any kind of anything to do with them? No, not 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 really. There was discussion about whether we would get Gary in the show, and um, Jeffrey Atherton, the original creator of the series, kind of rightly pointed out that he wasn't really. He didn't think it was a good idea because he didn't want people to get muddled the idea that there might be a crossover of universes, that yeah. there that this some that this universe somehow existed within the universe that that original one existed in. And so I really like, I really respect that as well. Cause I think that's right. I, I don't want people to be like, Oh, so is that Arthur that from, is that the old Arthur and what's happening? It just, it takes people out of the show. I think my understanding is that Gary thinks it's, he's totally happy with the idea. Um, and obviously Jeffrey, the original creator was the one that gave us the permission to do it. Um, and his blessing certainly by working alongside us the whole time. What I think is the most important aspect of this reimagining is that something that all of those people created 40 years ago is still helping Australians tell stories now. So it's like their legend can live on through this and people will go back and watch the original and people will, you know, Ruth Krackner wouldn't be trending if we weren't remaking this original. People would still have loved and, you know, respect her and stuff like that, but people wouldn't be talking about her. Mm. And they're talking about her now. And I think, and they're talking about her in a really positive way. They're remembering her and they're remembering how brilliant she was. And that wouldn't be happening if we weren't remaking the original. So I hope that there, that, that like all of those camps can understand that really any conversation around this purely comes out of love and, and, and an appreciation for what all of those people did and how they're still letting Australians tell stories. Like I look at someone like Jeffrey Atherton, he's 80 years old or so. And he by no means had to, but decided to with a really treasured piece of IP that he has, something that he's created, his little baby, he's allowed us to do it again. To He's allowed millions of people to share in these characters and stories again. He's given so many people jobs. Literally, this story that he created 40 years ago is still helping employ and fuel Australia's television, film and television industry. And that's a gift that he was able to give a whole new generation. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe in 40 years, someone will want to remake the show again. And that'll be brilliant because it'll just mean that more people get to tell stories and more people get to work and more people get to improve their skills and more audiences get to enjoy it. So that's really, I think that's really special in what's happening. This show is brilliant. I, I loved it. And I, I know it's going to be a huge success. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for giving me time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for giving it a little watch. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.